Meeting to order. Start with the prayer and a pledge. Heavenly Father, thank you for bringing us together today to look at the city's business and do your work faithfully. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Roll call, please. Mr. Powell. Here. Mr. Bronner. Here. Mr. Bishop. Here. Mr. Boehner. Here. Mr. Tommen. Here. Mrs. Kroger. Here. Mrs. Edichico. Here. We have seven present. We have a quorum for business and a quorum for legislation. Mr. President, I'd like to make a motion. We amend the agenda. Um, Mrs. Kim Houck from the Sensei Classic Academy is here, and I want, to, want her on the agenda first, and it didn't seem to make that, so I missed an email or something. So motion to the to amend the agenda to include Kim Houck as a guest speaker for the agenda. Uh, motion made by Mr. Boehner. Second. Second by Mrs. Kroger. Uh, all in favor? Aye. Aye. Opposed? <coughs> Carries by voice vote. Up next is approval of minutes. I'll make a motion to approve the August 15th legislative meeting minutes. Second. So motion by Mrs. Adichico, the second by Mr. Tommen to approve the August 15th legislative meeting minutes. Uh, again, voice vote. All in favor? Aye. 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 Opposed? Okay. I'll make a motion we um, approve the October 3rd regular meeting minutes. I did give part of service committee report I read. Okay. Do you want that added as an attachment? Yes. Attachment, please. Thank you. Do we need a motion for that? Just uh, yes. He's, he wanted to add it as an attachment. Oh, he add, he, didn't he just make the motion? I just made a motion to adopt it. And I'll make them add and, to that. And attach. And add my attachment to the okay, service so department report. A motion by Mr. Boehner to approve the October 3rd regular meeting minutes and add his report as an attachment. Second. Second by Mr. Powell. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Opposed? Also carries by voice. Up next, guest speakers, Mrs. Houck. Step right to the podium. Uh, you may have to eat that microphone a little bit. It's not the greatest in the world. Kim Houck, I live on Julie Terrace. I'm in the office manager at Cincinnati Classical. As I was here last year, my, my time here is very small, just to include everybody and tell you about our Veterans Day program, November 9th at 1 p.m. Um, we'll have an RSVP set up on our website, which will be cincyclassical.org. Um, all are welcome. Last year, we had 84 veterans attend and all the branches of the service were there. And so just as last year, our children will be singing all the songs and we will have the color guard from the Evendale Police Department and Jerry Fritch will also be bagpiping. So I just wanted to just extend an invitation and um, hope everybody who can make it um, can. If you have any questions, you can always contact me at Cincinnati Classical. And what time, Kim? It's at 1 p.m. 1 p.m., And it's gotcha. in the gym this year. Okay, okay. Okay? Thank you. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. 
Up next, Don Likens. turned on. Yes, sir. I thought they were all on. Small little button right in the middle there. I just want to come talk to you about some uh, of the research I've done. I've started a Facebook group called Reading Strong. Uh, just want to get uh, you know, some of the research I've done out there about the police and some of the other things going on in the city according to uh, my findings as well as others. Uh, here's kind of the agenda I'm talking about, about crime, police, shipping container issues, homelessness, and if we get time, if we have time we'll go over to the field house and stating. But you know, a lot of my crime data is from, all of my crime data is from the crime data explorer from the FBI. So this isn't my data, this is the FBI data about the city of Reading. All right, and I write a link and this presentation will be somewhere for people to download. But uh, it came right from the FBI. Uh, you know, crime in the city, most violent crime has increased in Reading from zero to uh, 2016. Uh, the 33 in 2021. Yeah, so 3,300% um, increase in violent crime. This is FBI data. FBI data. I didn't make this up. It's a serious issue. I've been a victim of violent crime myself. I had my my house burglarized last year. You know, I I've had car break-ins in my on my block recently as two Thursdays ago. So. You know, we've got a serious crime issue in the city, and look at it, it's going up. It's going in the wrong direction. Now, I don't want to pick on Chief Deans. I know he's, he was here, he's here. But since he was hired, you know, uh, look at what crime, 50% increase in crime since Chief Deans was hired. He was hired as a lieutenant in 2000, a 50% increase in crime. He hasn't been a chief that whole time, but once he was hired, I'm not blaming this on, on Chief Deans, but. You know, I, I just want to point this out, that we've got a serious crime problem. It's going in the wrong direction. And since he's become chief in 2020, 2020, it's gone up uh, 50%. So, I mean, it, it's, it's uh, yeah, the, the red circle there, that's the Chief, chief Eden's era. It's gone up 50%. This is from FBI data. This isn't my data. 
crime is violent crime has gone up fifty percent since his chief has been hired. Not blaming him directly, but we got a problem here. And I, I've, I've seen this. I'm a victim. My neighbors are victims of this. Um, here's violent crime in Reading. You know, over the last uh, ten years, to from 11 to 21. That's the only year. Uh, last year available was 2021. Almost a thousand percent increase from three to 32 for violent crime. FBI data. Now. I know the mayor and the chief dispute this data, but I got it from the FBI. You know, it's Don Likens data. This is real data from the FBI. I, I encourage the mayor and the chief to update it, and when they update it, I will correct my analysis. But right now, FBI data is showing some serious crime increase over the last 10 years. And victim, there, there, there's been 15 felonies committed on my block and the neighboring block over the last three to four years. 50, none of them have been solved. None of them. Not a single crime has been solved that's a felony in our neighborhood. And people have had it. You know? Um, oh, sorry. So I've got some crime videos here. I may show them if, if time, but there was a break-in to a car. I got, I got these cameras on my block. I'm a block watcher. I'm a major block watcher. They got all these cameras, all right. But uh, you know, and we catch people in the act. But the police won't do fingerprints. Uh, the officers are telling me I don't do fingerprints. That's a detective work. One officer told me the other day, won't mention his name. He said I haven't done fingerprints since the academy. We don't do so. They, you know, they, they, and, and the, the break-in on the car, uh, 5th of October. It was one of my rental properties. The lady had her car broken into. She called dispatch sometime in the afternoon and they said it's raining we're not going to do fingerprints it's raining well the people were in the car take fingerprints in the car but they she didn't even dispatch an officer there she said they're not going to do fingerprints anyway because it's raining but the 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 the, the, uh, uh, the, the burglars were in the car you know they were trying to get the car started and all that they had no gloves on my video but uh, there was a shooting at bp uh, January 1st of this year, I caught it on uh, my security cameras. Uh, two shots, boom, boom. Sh these, these ladies were shooting at a guy. There was a burglary at my house uh, in March of last year. So, I mean, these, these are real videos that I'm capturing on my security cameras. None of those have been solved. Only one of those has really been investigated, and that, that was my burglary, and, and I don't think they did a good job at that either because the criminal, we know who he is, he's still running the streets. Okay, I, and th th this is my opinion. From my research, morale is low in the ready police. Equipment <coughs> is broken. All right, what I mean equipment is broken, we have cars, patrol cars, with no radar. The radar is broken. It's been broken for months and months and months. These are officers telling me this, you know? And, and uh, so it, it, it's sad, and, and so, uh, and I talk to a lot of officers because I have properties all over and I, you know, if I see them, I, I talk to them because I, I, I love a lot of these guys and, and I, I say, what, what, what's wrong? And they're like, oh, my radar's broken. I'm like, well, well how long has it been running? They said, months. And I said, well, what are you doing? He said, I'm just sitting here running tags. That's all I can do is run tags. I can't, I can't get people speeding. And when you catch people speeding, that's a good way to get guns and drugs off the street. But we don't do that. And, and so I don't know if it's been fixed. That was probably a month ago where I, uh, you know, they told me it was broken. But 
in-car radio is another thing the police are calling it. In-car radio. Boy, we need in-car radio. An officer can't talk to another officer on patrol except through the cell phone. Or they have to use the radio in the car that get, that's on the Deer Park channel. So they have to hear all the Deer Park chatter. It's, it's a mess. It's a mess. <laughs> you know? I mean, make some investment in these things. For, but yeah, go cars. And there's other equipment broken in the cars. There have been many grievances by officers uh, are for, uh, around time off, which is denied. We have high turnover in the police department, higher than normal. The mayor will dispute that, sorry, mayor. But uh, turnover is very high. And a lot of it has to do to the grievances. The officers request time off, it's often denied. We're understaffed, badly understaffed. And it may be a funding thing, I encourage you to look at that. The other thing is flock cameras. I've been pushing for flock cameras. In case you don't know what flock cameras are, they, they record license plates. Blue Ash has them. We're surrounded by flock cameras. We don't have them ourselves. Blue Ash, Amberly, Evendale, Sheriff, they all have like flock cameras. So that they'll log license plates. And I can't tell you how many times the police have called me for my, my evidence, my, my videos. There's like, and the last one that came to uh, mind is uh, uh, there, there, were, there was a big burglary at the north end of Reading. Two and minutes. The police, I mean, and the police called me and said, hey, you got any video of these two Camaros racing out of Reading? I'm like, you betcha. I'll look, I had them on eight cameras. I got these two Camaros racing down Reading Road. They committed this big crime on North Reading. Here they come racing South Reading to get on 75. I got them, but I couldn't get their license plate. It was, way, it was like two o'clock in the morning. It was too dark. I, I got them on eight cameras, but no license plate. We had flock cameras. We could have got those guys could have got those guys. So I encourage you to invest in this stuff. Invest in the flock cameras. Um, somebody turned me on to this, this neighborhood scout site. If you go to neighborhoodscout.com and you look up Reading, here's what they say. Crime rate in Reading is considerably higher than the national average across all communities. Considerably higher. I'm feeling it. I'm a victim of this. Hopefully you're not a victim of this. We gotta fix this problem. Here's neighborhoodscout.com. We're, we're ranked 14, you know, crime index, you know. Uh, you know, I didn't do an analysis for other communities, surrounding communities, so I don't have that to show. Enough about crime. You know, I, we just, if we need a levy, let's put a levy on this. Get the police the money, the staffing that they need. We're understaffed, they're underfunded. Let's fix these things so they can have more detectives solve crimes. Another big issue uh, in our neighborhood is the shipping containers. Oh my gosh, these things, look at those things. They're stacked four or five high. We gotta fix this. Who knows what's in these containers? You know, uh, it's a huge noise, pollution, traffic problem, rattles houses, <laughs> these things go by. It's a big problem. I encourage you, please fix this. You know, nothing's been done about this. We should have inspections in these sea containers. You inspect houses. The fire department inspects houses. Why aren't they inspecting these sea containers? You know, who knows what's in these things? Need you, need you to wrap up. Okay. Uh, yeah, and here's the sea container. You can hardly see this, but there's like eight trucks backed up down. I think it's Illinois Avenue. So, uh, I mean, homelessness. Homelessness problem is growing in this city. You know, they're living in the world, the woods behind Circle K. I know them. I hired some of these guys. <laughs> they tell me where they live. They live in the woods. They're living under Cross County by Galveston Reading. 
I don't have a solution for this. I encourage you to find a solution for this. You know, I don't know what it is, but, uh, you know, that's it. Any questions? Council? Questions? I, I will make one comment, Don. Um, we all got an email from uh, uh, retired Lieutenant Zimmerman who oversaw the uh, <coughs> categories of crime that you stated. Um, and I've heard this last week from another gentleman. Uh, evidently, the records management system that the FBI used was out of range or out of commission for two to three years, 2011, 12, and 13. Uh, many agencies and many states could not use them, and Ready was one of them. So if, if the FBI is saying that we've got 300 to 400% increase in crime, it's got to be slanted because we started from zero in 2011 or wherever it was, and we're up to 35 or 40 now, the number is going to be all screwed up. Because of that, well, that's that's one. That's just one answer. Yeah. That's that's the only answer I got for you. Well, sir, sir, I would encourage you to work with the FBI and update that data because that's feeding into <coughs> this neighborhoodscout.com. Well, We're getting a bad rap. Well, he, this this of this data. The retired lieutenant he oversaw statistics from 2011 to 2018, yeah. and he's updated them. And he says, uh, violent crime, personal crime, property crimes. There were minor fluctuations between the years, but no anom anomalies were ever noted. Sir, I'm just going on FBI data. Yeah, well, I, I, the FBI data there, there, there's a problem somewhere in that data yeah. and what we're doing. We're I, I, you know, I, I, I would encourage the city, maybe the police, to give us new data. What is the, what is the violent crime rate over that same stretch of period uh, time? What is the data? What's the real data? But uh, I want to say, again, FBI feeds into this neighborhood scout. We're getting downgraded by neighborhood scout and probably other recruiting tools for realtors and all that because of this data. They use FBI data. You look at this violent crime, 32, that's the same as on the FBI report. So they're using the FBI report to give us bad, to give us a downgrade. So just get it accurate. Update the FBI data. You can do that. It was corrected to you. It was corrected by the man who did it. And quite obviously, with all the businesses moving in here and growing, again, $105 million in new payroll, uh, contradicts what you're saying. We also want to know, as you stand up here and say, officer so-and-so said this, this, and this, we'd like to know who these officers are. No. Oh, okay. So you, you just shoot it out, don't you? They've asked to be you, you, just shoot, you just shoot it out. Because retaliation. Oh, boy. Yeah, I'm telling. Look how I've been retaliated against. I've been told to move. I got signs. People are printing signs against me. I mean, Don, be gone. What's the last one we like? Don, be gone. You know. Yeah, I like that one. Hike like. I mean, come on. People aren't going to speak out on this. I'm the only one with a thick enough skin to do it. People are afraid. They're afraid of the retaliation from the fire department, the police department. That's whatever. absolutely wrong. Okay. Oh, sorry. Oh, oh, how about this, Mayor? Why don't we anonymously survey the police department? Absolutely. Please do they're that. free to my office any hour of the day, no, and they all know it. No, but they're not going to do it. Anonymously, oh. sur anonymously get a survey going. Companies do it. Anonymously serve. So they, get, they don't have to put their name on a complaint. It may go a long way, but I know for a fact officers have begged for radios. They beg to have their equipment repaired, and it goes nowhere. 
Mr. Likens, if I may, uh, I think the staffing issue is worth looking at. I would say that if we could add another 10 police officers, we're not going to stop every crime. Um, flock cameras are interesting. We've, we have looked into that, and, and we continue to do so. So that is a possibility. I would point out in some of your slides, though, violent crime from the FBI statistics, 2017 reported 28, 2022, 28 again. Um, that's consistency in my book. I mean, there was a little dip in between, but to uh, the retired lieutenant's data, as far as pretty consistent with very few anomalies, I think this uh, fits his report. As far as your homelessness, um, I encourage anyone to call 381-SAFE. It's the homeless helpline. And if you go to strategies to end homelessness, there are several, several free re resources available. I think the homelessness is growing because of the bus station. Uh, I, I, I think, I, I, I don't know. I just think as a community, we should do more to help these people. I, I don't know what the answer is, what the help is, you know. I, no, at the moment, I don't either. It's just. Yeah. But I think as a community, it's growing here because of the bus location, all that. We're seeing more of it, I think, than other communities. You know, another comment on the homelessness. You stood up there and made a statement that you hire the homeless, I assume, to work on your properties. Um, if you weren't doing that, possibly they would uh, not be encouraged to stay in the area as long, and they would move along. Um, the other thing is to, you're up here, trying to be a champion for the police officers and you are very publicly on record making some very derogatory statements about police officers i it's very disingenuous for you to stand up here and act like a champion for police officers after having made such statements it really is i mean <laughs> This is why cops are hated. And cops kill people and get arrested. And you, you've admitted to making such statements. Yeah. That's, it's disingenuous, it really is. And speaking to the data, I mean, it's obviously there was an anomaly and there's some years missing. And somebody that is truly into the data analysis instead of shock value is going to look at the bigger picture. Weren't you curious why the numbers were so low that day? You come across as a, a very curious person. I, to show that you can come up with a, a cause and effect that is not necessarily related. So I looked at when you purchased 8415 Reading Road, uh, Reading Violent Crime reported 18. In 2021, we reported 32. It's a 77.8% increase. Do I believe that there's a correlation between you owning that property and that? No, I don't. But the data shows it, right? So that that's the kind of that's the kind of games we're playing here tonight with these numbers. You know, the numbers don't lie, obviously, but you can you can cherry pick. And manipulate the numbers to look basically however you want and I feel that that that's what occurred well sir I'm presenting FBI data you can if, you, if it's wrong let's get it fixed 
it's affecting neighborhood scouts and other agencies that look at that. But so it, 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 it's not my data. I'm just reporting on what I've found. Don, you've been explained to though several times why it's looking the way it does for you, but what the real numbers are because of the, I think it was a server error or a system error years ago. Um, I mean, as far as a 966% increase in crime, I'm not seeing it. And I walk all over the city all the time. My kids ride bikes, walk to and from school, to and from the pool. I wouldn't let them do that if there was a thousand percent increase in crime. There's no way. I mean, I know you live on a very busy intersection, very high volume part of town. And yeah, there's gonna be incidents that happen with that amount of volume in such an area. But as far as citywide, I am not seeing that. Um, but we, I mean, yeah, we do have the numbers. So, um, I mean, you've, you've been shown, you've been sent links to uh, what the actual numbers are. But I mean, if, if you're not going to look at them or listen to that information, then there's just nothing else to say. Well, it, it, the way I look at it, Katie, if, if the city isn't going to update the FBI data, I'm going with the federal source. You know what? Because because if somebody updates this data and it's wrong, that's fraud. So update the FBI data. They will take your call. <laughs> they will take the chief's call. He has, he has the ability to update this. Update it. That's, that's all I'm, at. I, I'm not taking a Facebook answer for this because I can't, this is real, I can't plug in my own spreadsheet to this thing. I can't adjust that three up to 64 or whatever it was. Update that beyond data. But I warn you, if you can't back it up, somebody may get in trouble if it's, if it can't be just, now I, I did, I've asked for open records requests on this data, and I haven't gotten much of it, frankly. And I've been asking Shelly for a, 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 you know, a meeting with the uh, with this uh, safety committee. That's, that's not going too well either. All this could have been brought up at them months ago. So I have to bring it here. And I'm gonna be back, you know? So please update the data. This is serious crime. I'm sorry, I, I'm happy it's not happening in your neighborhood, but you, you heard my neighbors up here. They, they're finding needles on the corners, you know? Neighbor got her, I mean, you've seen people up here before complaining about crime. Rod broken into, no fingerprint. We, we it's, it, 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 people, it's a culture problem, you know? It's a culture problem with the police. We're just not aggressively pursuing <clears throat> crime. Morale is real low. Nobody wants to do fingerprints. That's how we could have solved that burglary on the 3rd of October in that car. Two, two people were in that car and uh, we didn't take any fingerprints. Refused. So, Mr. President, I don't think we're going to solve this tonight. I <coughs> would agree. Mr. Likens, <coughs> you can wrap up. Anything else from council on this? Would uh, I know Chief Edens is in the office. In, in the <laughs> you just took the words out of my mouth. Would you like to say something, Chief?
PowerPoint by Mr. Likens. Uh, there's some uh, false information in the PowerPoint. Um, I was not hired here in uh, 2011. I was not hired here as a lieutenant. I was hired here in the year 2000 as a patrolman. I was promoted in 2011 to a lieutenant and then in 2020 as the chief of police here. We can take a look at the FBI data. And to understand the FBI data on this, these numbers are voluntary numbers. The FBI doesn't collect them, we submit them. And the talk that you've been talking about with these numbers, we had in 2011, our RMS system after the first quarter was not reporting numbers. It was thought by the administration at that time, which was not me, it was Lieutenant Zimmerman and Chief Snow, that they were automatically being reported as they are today. From 2011 after the first quarter, that's why that number is so low, because it was only reported for the first three months of the year. After that, 2012, 2013, 14, 15, and 16 were not reported. It was discovered at the end of 16, and then from 17 on, if you look at the numbers that I have up here now, you'll see that it takes a jump from 2011 where this dip is in here the next year that it's reported is 2017 this is all violent crimes and the numbers I'm showing you isn't just a few chosen years they started the FBI data in 1985 30 years this runs from 1985 through 2022. You'll see there are waves in years. There are some anomalies in here, like here. Um, I can't say what happened in this year, but nothing was reported as clear. And that just didn't happen. No way that happened. But then also this dip here in 2011, it didn't happen. The numbers were higher than that. These are all violent crimes. Now, Mr. Likens likes to point out uh, different types of crime. And this website is a, a great area to look at. Um, we can look at, that's all violent crime. We'll go to all property crimes. And it breaks this out for you. What you'll see is from 1985 through, there's the 2011 where it wasn't reported. There's your 2017 see that the crimes have come down here up up to 2022 there is a rise however some of that correlates directly to our homelessness problem which is a United States problem state of Ohio problem and city of Reading problem the this is 
property crimes, which is minor thefts and identity, uh, thefts from uh, your convenience stores, the more of those that we have, the more that shows up in that number. But as you can see, and like I say, I haven't cherry-picked anything. This is all the data available. You'll see that it has steadily come down. That's property crimes, and you can break it down in here. You can look at robberies. See what happened there with the robberies. We had some, we had some years before it was tough. But if you look going into 22, dropped down to since then. That's the latest data available uh, that the FBI had. And just remember, these numbers are voluntary. We don't have to give these to them. They don't come out and look for them. They don't audit them. They take what's reported to them. And our RMS system that we switched over to um, automatically does this. There's no manual input by our officer, by the administration. These are the numbers that are reported. It's been reported that we bury the numbers in Idaho. They're there. It's reported. You can see if you look at the whole 30 years and not just cherry pick a couple of years, you'll see that some numbers there, but there is rises in crime. We don't have the same crime. But I'll tell you, in 2023, our auto are going to shoot up. It will show an increase next year. If you watch the local news, you hear about this group, Key Boys, out of Cincinnati that's spread all over Hamilton County, Butler County, Carmont County, Warren County. Kias are disappearing at an alarming rate, and it's going to show in our statistics next year. Likens talked about our ready equipment, the radios in our cars. The radios in our cars are extra. They don't have to be there. They were put in years ago. Their, their shoulder radios is what they're dependent upon. The radios in the car is just a car-to-car -car talk. One, as compared to years ago, every officer carries a cell phone with him. The supervisor on duty carries a city cell phone with him. They have alternate radio channels. On their radios they can always switch to if they want to talk to each other they, they have no problem contacting each other or neighboring departments they can go to a private channel and talk these are extra radios the report that he's reporting on uh, uh, what he's reported radar units not working we have seven cruisers out there that are marked cruisers. one cruiser has a it happens to have a brand new radar unit in it that has, there's a wiring problem within the wiring of the car. At present, as you guys know, over the last few years, we've had a problem getting cruisers through all the COVID and all this going on. We've got three more cars being dressed out. As those cars are being dressed out, they're all having brand new radar units by them. They're just timed out, aged out. Uh, at the beginning of this year, we purchased $8,000 worth of radar units. One for every car. As they're being redressed, they're being switched out. That car that has a radar unit not working, the radar unit and the cone on it was replaced, uh, still has a problem. However, that doesn't prohibit the officer from running speed measure. We have handheld laser devices. We have two of them down there. Officers that drive that car, they can pick up that speed measuring device and take it with them. It's just a different way of doing it. It's not as simple as flipping on a radar and doing it, but they have the ability to do it. Uh, it's not as if the city hasn't. I requested the money from the uh, mayor and safety service director from the safety committee 
the money was authorized and we purchased them just like our cruisers our, our uh, light bars and such they're just aged out over time as our cruisers are being dressed out this year we're getting all new light bars all new switches inside uh, all the equipment inside is brand new uh, the city and the safety committee authorized that money and we spent quite a bit more over the last two years on both cruisers because of what Ford Motor Company did to it. Uh, we switched over to the Chevy Tahoe's. Uh, as far as with the officers downstairs, the officers wanted black cruisers. The officers wanted to change the decal package on them. We did that for them. Uh, the equipment we realized is getting old and aging out, still works. However, we're updating it as we go on. And that's in process this year. One car is out, and we're waiting on three more to get dressed out and come out. Uh, but there's a backlog of ordering some of the parts, and, and that's why they're not on the road yet. We, we have, you know, we're a union department. We have a grievance process. We, when I become chief in 2020, yes, uh, we have differences of opinion uh, and different interpretation of what that contract says. Uh, there are some officers that we didn't see eye to eye on some things. Uh, they filed grievances. Some grievances were won, some were lost. Um, some people took it personal. Yes, we've had a turnover of some officers, but that's a national problem also. At present, we've got uh, one of our uh, neighboring departments that is actively trying to recruit officers from us. I found out yesterday that two of my officers were called. They weren't searching it out. But they were contacted by a neighboring department trying to get them to come up there. And that's, a, that's an issue. I lost some other officers over the last couple of years the same way uh, that I've not seen in the last 30 plus years of policing where departments will, they hear about someone that's decent in your department and they will come address it with them and, while they're working and try to get them to come up and work with them. It's an ongoing issue. Um, they, you talk about our manpower. We are one officer down. We're not five officers down. Currently, uh, I'm waiting on a, a uh, uh, we've made a job offer to a gentleman, uh, and I'm waiting on uh, a psychological and a, a polygraph test on him to see whether we're going to go with him or not, and if not, then we're going to go into another test. Uh, but it's one person. We, we have lost you know, people to differences of opinion. We've lost a couple people to retirements. Uh, Officer Poppy just retired, which he's coming back part-time in December, I believe. Um, our clerk of courts retired, replaced by a gentleman who, that does a wonderful job. Um, and, you know, we're not losing people to just any departments. I don't want to name the other departments here, just like with this FBI data. You can't compare the city of Reading to another city that's half the size of Reading and got one-third of the population. And the demographics are different. The median household incomes are much different. It's, it's apples and oranges. You can't compare those two. You have to find viable comparisons to look at that. It, it was said in one here, you know, uh, only one of the officers, uh, one of the grievance, if my memory serves me right, was in reference to time off. Um, when the Bengals were in the Super Bowl, I put out a, a an order that no one could take off that Super Bowl Sunday because every establishment in this town was holding Super Bowl parties. I'm responsible for the safety of everyone in this city, and I'm also responsible for those officers' safety. 
that they have enough personnel that if they get into something, they've got officers they know right there with them to assist them. Uh, a couple days before the Super Bowl, I had an officer come in and demand this day off. Uh, and he said he wanted off to go to a Super Bowl party. He had the expectation that I was going to order someone who was scheduled off to be in here that day. And I gave him an out. I said, you find somebody who wants to work, and I'll do it. But I'm not going to order somebody to come in here on this short notice. Had he come in having an emergency, something wrong with his kids, family, um, I would have ordered somebody to come in to work, or I would have come in and worked it myself. But it, that's not fair to someone else for me to say, you can take off so that you can go to a football party. And that, you know, that's the kind of differences of opinions that we have. Uh, it's brought up about the flock camera. We looked at the flock, flock cameras. I had flock come out, do a study for the city of Reading, went with their recommendations where cameras would go and how many of them um, to do this. They are very nice. Uh, would love to have them, but it's a startup cost of fifty thousand dollars, and then a reoccurring cost of thirty-six thousand dollars per year. That's not in the budget that I have in the police department. And we are surrounded by them. We take some advantage of that. We call out when we know someone's going a certain way and talk to our neighbors and use mutual aid with them to try to locate some of this stuff. But it's not as if we haven't looked at it and considered it, talked to Shelley with the safety committee about it. Um, we have to do with them and what our means are. Any questions? Um, thanks for coming, Chief. Um, I. You know, I've, when I looked at the the numbers, we're still talking relatively low one and two digit numbers on, on the crimes we on most of these. There, there are we go into some double digits on some things, right. but you're talking about the totality of all the property crimes, right. not just one certain crime or uh, like aggravated assaults. Uh, and the and the website that they're giving it is a good site because mm -hmm. you can break that down. Yeah. Percentages always make it look higher than it if you're talking low numbers. Higher, but if you look like yeah. in this here, this is um, aggravated assaults for those 30 years. And when you look at the numbers, the left side, you may have a little trouble reading that. It, it goes up to 40, starts at zero. And if you look at, you know, look at 21, we had a rise. 25 of them reported, 17 were, were resolved. But look at 22. We had 21 reported, 12 resolved. Well, Chief, aren't, aren't, aren't these often like the same person or same couple of people? Sometimes We're not are. talking about 20 people out there doing it or, Absolutely. you know, the different people on each one. Yeah, usually the same person. But if, if someone wants to take the time to look through these, um, you can look, you know, you can look at them in a lump sum, like the property crimes. It includes arson, burglary, larceny thefts, and motor vehicle thefts. If you look at the all violent crimes, it includes homicides, rapes, and robberies. Um, and like I say, I didn't go through, and you can pick the number of years you want to look at it, um, but I'm looking at all the data available. And if you see, there's waves every year that go up and down. That's how crime works. You get a, a certain number of people that hit your town, they'll hit it until uh, law enforcement starts catching on to what they're doing, and they'll move on to another city. But that, when you're talking about low numbers, um, it only takes a couple of nights to, to inflate that, a couple of arrests to de deflate. 
So, uh, but if you look at it and judge it for yourself, you'll see that our crime stays fairly steady. It might go up for a couple of years and then it slides down. Some things, when I looked at the gun crime, I attribute some of that and we have noticed, uh, if you remember uh, two years ago, Stable Isle changed their gun law. They basically told everybody that if you're not a felon, you don't need a CCW permit. You don't need to tell law enforcement you're carrying a firearm. You can do it. We've arrested some good people who should not have a firearm on. Um, people who normally wouldn't say anything to anyone or do anything, but yet they're carrying a firearm and they do something that gets them arrested. And that runs our numbers up. But that's what we're noticing with the gun laws in the state of Ohio. Um, I'm a gun advocate, but everybody shouldn't have that access to a firearm at head hand. Everybody carrying them, you know, with our liquor establishments. They go into a liquor establishment. You can carry a firearm in a liquor establishment now. You can't drink any alcohol. But a lot of people that's going to drink, they now take that firearm and throw it in the glove box. Well, guess what thefts we get? Firearms out of vehicles and liquor establishments. It rises the crime. That's just a personal take on uh, guns. Um, but I would encourage anybody to look at these statistics that are being preached about. Um, but look at the whole thing. This thing, it's at the click of your hand. You can look and know what's going on over the last 30 years, with the exception of a couple of anomalies in there, um, which we've explained. We, there was a problem with the RMS system. It wasn't just with us. We were using a system called PayMet. It crashed. Three quarters of this county can't recover that data. They, he kept saying, rebuild this data. That data's gone. It cannot be rebuilt. We had a problem in the courts where there was data that was gone. Couldn't, lost cases because we couldn't rebuild the data. I think that's important to note too that that wasn't just Redding that's missing. It's that was there, there, that was country yeah. that was throughout the, the United States. Uh, and the system we use now, uh, Sundance, um, they're holding up to what they, they sold us and said that's what they do. And it, it seems to be working really, really well. Well, if I didn't feel safe in Redding, I wouldn't be here. Worked here for 23 years, and it, it's it's a safe community, safe for your kids, safe for your family. It's, it, there's no Mayberries in the United States. Crime happens. That's why we're here. Anything else from Council? No, I think it was good to see these numbers. And thank you, Chief. Thanks, Chief. Thank you, Chief. Thanks, Chief, for bringing it up. Okay, that's it for guest speakers. Uh, up next is audience asking participation. Raise your hand if you have come here to speak tonight and you're in the audience. Okay, I see one hand. All right, so I have to read this. This is a meeting of the Council of the City of Reading made public for conducting the business of Council and is not to be considered a community forum. For those who wish to address Council, please approach the podium, state your name. At this time, you'll be allotted five minutes to speak. When you are finished speaking, please return to your seat, and council members may comment or answer questions if needed. Council members or the city's administration may address anything said during audience participation during their reports or at the end of the meeting during other business. So, who wants to go first? I saw one hand. <laughs> Come on up. Richmond. Uh, I think it was one year ago this month that I came to a council meeting and um, 
talk about our project we were going to start. So just came tonight to say we finished phase one of uh, the Chad Richmond Memorial Court there at the Mary Hilltop. And uh, it looks great. Uh, very excited about it. I want to thank all, all you, our council that's come to all of our uh, events, our fundraising, our groundbreaking. Bo, you've been at everything and so thankful for all your participation and help and encouragement. Um, all you guys, Scott, I mean, I shouldn't name names, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I do appreciate it. I, and I'm so proud to be in Reading. We, uh, we have a great community here. Um, you know, my son passed in 2020 and this community got behind me and um, in this project and, and so many families, we get behind families and, and just love on them and whatever we need, we are there for them. And I, you can't say that about every town in this country, but you can say that about Reading, Ohio for sure. And I'm proud to be a Reading resident. Uh, I've never had any, well, I've had one ticket for rolling through a stop sign, but. Spite our numbers. But other than that, uh, I've been a single mom and raised two boys in this town and felt very safe the entire time. 40 years I've lived in Reading and proud to be a citizen here. So. Thank you all. Uh, phase two will start uh, in the spring when the weather gets better and the concrete is cured and they will have uh, paint the court and put the acrylic overlay on it. But uh, I got lots of pictures of the kids playing on it yesterday. I had some appointments today, so I didn't get to get up there, but Pat Redwine sent me a video of so many kids up there playing on the court today. And he said, this does my heart wonders and it does mine too. So thank you all for everything. Thank you, Regina. Yeah, Regina. Thanks for your incredible efforts, Regina. You're awesome. Yeah, those look great. The course look, look great. great. Anyone else in the audience wishing to speak? Yeah, nice crowd. Come on up. State your name. Hi, everyone. My name is Anderson Morgan. Um, somewhat of a newer resident to Reading. Um, we built, remodeled a house up on Marycrest uh, off of Galbraith. Um, we've been there for a couple years now. My wife and I most recently bought a building on Benson Street that we're um, doing a full remodel gut to. Um, we're working with the building department now and our uh, architect on finalizing stuff. It's gonna be six apartments and we're gonna open our own business on the first floor. Uh, we're very excited about that. It's gonna be a mix of like a coffee shop co-working and then um, uh, kids play area as well. So we're excited to open that. Look forward to working with all of you. Um, but yeah, we're hoping to be open early spring. We're just going through the last couple of things right now with the building department, architects, engineers, and then apply for all our licensing and all that. Everybody working well with you? Yeah, it seems so. I have no speeding tickets or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> Looking forward to look, working with everyone. Thank you. Where's Thank that you. business? You. I did. Uh, it's uh, next to the Roses on Benson. Okay. Um, directly, like we have our own parking lot, and then the Roses parking lot on the other side. So right there, right across from Benson's Tavern. Gotcha. Yeah. Welcome to the area. Yeah. Um, one thing I'm interested in learning more about, I guess, in the future is the Dora. I know Katie had said something about possibly.
possibly expanding the Dora. Mm -hmm. um, I've heard from other people that maybe when you expand, you offer up more liquor licenses because we'd like to offer some kind of mimosa flight or something like that to brides in the area. Um, so I'm interested in anything to do with that going forward. Yeah, I'm looking into all that. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? We've got a good crowd tonight. Come on, there's got to be one more. Nobody? I, I see some faces from uh, the Siebenthaler area. No one no one there wants to say something? Uh, you, well, there are some emails on the agenda from that area. But if, if you would like to speak, now's your chance. The school, I'm sorry. I do not know that. I have not heard. That's a shame Kim isn't here, but we will find out. term I will encourage council to have another meeting specifically you know for Siebenthaler and and then get the details of all that report Angie because I think it did involve more than just I think the recommendation was a stop sign at Dorian which we feel like it's going to cause more traffic back up because you know we'd like to get people in and out as fast as yeah, possible they have to be able to get off the Dorian the trip I wonder if maybe an off-duty police officer get off the front seat at all. The traffic during the day is horrible turning from hunt on to seat dollar both directions. And then in the morning, I think it's more of the Dorian issue getting the people off Dorian on to seat dollar. Well, one of the things that administration would like to see is, is to look into a traffic light at Hunt and Siebenthaler. Again, it's an idea. And, and believe me, if I have anything to do, we're not going to do anything until more Siebenthaler residents get their input and we can all sit down. And I sent you that picture at the intersection at 3 o'clock or whatever. Yes, video. sure did. There's no way an ambulance or a police officer get down Siebenthaler. There's no way. We know traffic light. You know, we, we have another area of town that has a, a traffic guard that, that hasn't worked very well. As a matter of fact, you know, we end up with the hilltop fire station blocked and can't get a fire truck out of it. So that's why a traffic light, I think, is worth the study, worth the consideration. So. Well, we thought a right turn only, like during school hours, like two hour window, right turn on to hunt, because a lot of the backup is people trying to turn left. It's well, please, again, idea. all suggestions. And you know that. Yeah. All suggestions. That's why I think we should have a meeting maybe on a, an off Tuesday night you know, second or fourth, where we can do just this, you know. Well, we shouldn't really have any decisions made for the schools as well, so. 
with no decisions. Yeah, they'll, they'll have a traffic study, I think, more for their knowledge. I think it's done. It's it, has it? I have not seen it. I have not heard, but believe me, we will have plenty of input from here, and we will get plenty of input from you all. Is there any way to get the speed limit signs that are on Bolser coming down the hill at Sebatar and going up? We were out Thursday night talking, and the car literally was 140, 50 miles per hour at the end of Sebatar into the school parking lot. They go around that bend, they don't even stop. Well, Chief is listening. He sent the video to the school, and the school was supposed to send it to the police. And I believe Chief Eden saw that. I've addressed that with the schools, okay. uh, but I told them this was about three weeks ago. Um, that, just last week. Know, but, but it's happened three times since I've, since I've talked to them. I sent the, I got the one, uh, but I talked to the schools. They said that they send notices almost to the school district all the time. I said, well, there's a Mason City School. Just two days ago, went right down the other side from the top of the hill where Bobby Bundar lives. That's why the people coming up the street can't go anywhere. So what they do, they pull out and drive in people's yards because they don't want to back all the way down the hill because the school bus can't come down the school, so cars can't get out. So once that bus does work its way down the school, now you get an extra 50 cars lined up trying to get down that road. But I have asked them, and they've agreed to, to look into hiring off-duty Hamilton County Sheriff's Patrol, one at Hunt and Siebenthaler, and one at Siebenthaler, to try to solve not just the school bus issue, but the problem at, the problem at Hunt Road and Siebenthaler is once the traffic starts to move, people are letting cars in and out. Well, cars, when they're tired of waiting, they're going straight east on Siebenthaler, and car, somebody's going to get T-boned because there's, there's too many knuckleheads up there driving in and out of that school. It's not the school's fault. I keep telling them, I don't, but unfortunately for them, they, they're the ones that have to deal with it. They have to do something about it. Uh, they send notes home. They talk to people, but you know, some people just don't want to listen. Now, I, I've answered a lot of the emails, uh, two-thirds of the emails I think I got that were against the, the stop sign. And some of the people talked about originally wanting to stop sign up there. And I think it's a two-fold uh, reason why we need stops on there. Uh, not just the schools. You know the neighbors up there speeding. You know the ones that come down in the middle of the night, they realize it's not a dead end street and they fly around, come around and go back out. They're hitting 50, 60 miles an hour going down the hill and even faster going up the hill. Oh. Mm -hmm. That's what I told Pat in the email, that I wouldn't be opposed to speed humps. Like maybe three, I don't know the cost on that. Yeah, well, the thing with speed bumps is just, it's if you don't do it when you're paving the whole street, uh, it's not, it's not gonna last. Yeah, I mean, but I, mean, I think that the, the the biggest reason that the traffic study showed that a speed a stop sign was needed there is because once people stop and they're coming out of Dorian to turn left, they can't see people flying up the street, and you know they're doing 40 miles an hour. The speed trailer that Chief showed me, they're 35, 40 miles an hour. Well, Carol, Carol is not as bad, only because there's not as many people coming out. But the, unfortunately, three of, of the four emails I got, we got, 
or from people lived on Sylvia and Dorian that were against the stop sign. And those are the people that I thought would help help stop sign would help. I think they, they are courteous. I feel like they let me out of my driveway. And yeah, well, they are. But, but, but one, one of the things that's going to change, though, it won't help us this year. Uh, they're actively trying to negotiate with Arleda Valley to move this year's seventh grade class and next year's eighth grade class down to old St. Peter and Paul's school. That's, that'll reduce the number of kids there back to 450. No, they're, they're expanding every grade next year. They put it, it was on the website. They put it every out. grade is getting expanded. This was, they, they, they told me three weeks ago. That's what they're... Well, they got two. They got two other options. I don't know whether that happened. There's two other options. Our uh, traffic study actually caught a nice <laughs> picture of a bus going the wrong way right. and an SUV. I do believe that the reason for the stop sign was sight distance uh, stated in the study. I don't, <coughs> don't have it right in front of me. Uh, you'd mentioned Carroll. I believe in there that. They had talked about the proximity to the intersection with Hunt, uh, it not being as big of a problem there, but up at Dorian, that there, I believe it said there was a site distance issue, is why they made the recommendation. That's correct, Dave. I've got the speed study here, and also in that study, another recommendation is something that we already tried, and it's no parking on the curb lane during the school hours, and that was that was from the street study, and that was certainly a recommendation that they said would. Uh, alleviate a lot of the problems See, it, it, that doesn't work I've, I've said that before when you eliminate parking on the east side of the street mm -hmm. then I walked down the next day after I talked to you and uh, Kenny the next day you might as well put uh, flags up and flag speed cars I mean yeah. with once they knew nobody was on either side mm -hmm. they just flew this is before the speed trailer went up I mean in the morning you can't believe how fast some of these people are going All good? Yep. Bill, can we ask Patrick Thank to you. send the Thank you. study to some of the residents? Did you get the study, Sue? Yes. Yeah, Pat, okay. already. Oh, okay. That was arranged, yes, a month ago. Okay, anyone else wishing to speak? One more. Come on up. That's right, I got a clock. Go ahead. Hughes. I'm a resident of Dorian Drive and I just want to since you have received people say having emailed you saying not to put these stop signs up it's vitally necessary again it is a site issue we cannot get out we are at the mercy of anybody who is going to be nice to us if we have the audacity to schedule an appointment or have to get out of the house down our street during school out, during, during not the whole school hours, but during coming and going. And there's something has got to be done. You talked about there being an accident. There has already been an accident there that I know of. I'm sure there have been more. So please take us residents into consideration and not just the school. Thank you. You know, something else that came up, this happens all the time. My driveway and my neighbor's driveway are pretty close together. So a lot of people will stop and not block either driveway. I go to pull out. I have to stop because some car 
10 cars back the size hey there's an opening and they come up and they block both the driveways or there's three cars squeeze in there They're, they don't want to wait that's the problem i'm sorry you got up late that morning but it's not your, that's not my problem you know but most of the people that let me out i mean i can get out when i gotta leave early but uh i try not to leave before 8 30 because good luck with that and then when you, if you do get out then you got to fight traffic all the way down to Hunt Road and on get on Columbia. It's even worse when you get on Columbia. I do think it's a good idea to have a meeting with the, all the residents and the school and, and all of us. And I, th I think, I, I think we, really, we really, once the school has their plan finalized, I know that they've, they've lost the first option. They've got two other options, I'm told. I don't know where they're at, uh, what they have to do. But they, they've told me they're committed not to building any more buildings on that site regardless but i'm i'm sure nobody wants to wait till next school year before we resolve this um, well I, I would suggest that i that soon if, if there is a school bus goes down take as many videos as possible because we'll send them to the schools um just to point out i mean i don't know where these school but it wasn't a problem last year it's this year's when the problem is because there's more school buses but I don't know what the school bus drivers think that they got the right just to, they don't have to wait in traffic. They're just going to take off. Be okay if you had a, you know, four lanes road, but God darn, there's only two lanes there. That's what the big issue sounds like is the school buses and they just don't care. No, they don't care. Well, a few, a few weeks ago, one of my neighbors here has had his driveway done. And he had two concrete trucks sitting on the east side of the street waiting to pour concrete. Well, they waited till the school traffic got by. Some of the people then will wait behind that contract. You know what they did? They drove around Sue's yard and her neighbor's yard because they didn't want to wait. I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, you, if, if, park, if park cars on the east side of the street, you can get two cars on our street, no problem. But you gotta be doing 20 miles an hour, right. not 35 or 40, it won't work. You know, the uh, the stop signs are, if, if, if the traffic study says a stop sign would be the an answer to maybe a temporary answer to the problem um i mean it's not like we're building a concrete monument so <laughs> if we if the traffic study says indicates this would be a good thing to do then perhaps maybe we should try it and we can always adjust later um if it proves to be a problem or it doesn't work out like we thought like we did with the parking right yeah right Well, I, I'll certainly call and ask them to see if they've got that study and what their plans are to do with that study, and can I get a copy of it? I mean, if they're if they're willing to share it, um, I mean, it's up to it's them. It's their study. I mean, so. I mean, they, they may be able to share it with me. I don't know, but I'll I'll try to find out. Anyone else? Uh, one comment. Um, maybe Dave, you can help me out with this. Uh, buses on highways are allowed to use the breakdown lane during rush hour if i'm not mistaken does the law change from a couple years ago am i right about that they have uh, i know cincinnati has lanes that are marked during rush hour i don't know that they're allowed to i don't know necessarily whether they're allowed to use it on i-75 or i-71 but those would be the 
yeah, they, they do they do use that, it on 71 which i think is what you're referring yeah, to so, so I, th I think what what some of these bus drivers are doing is saying hey you know i can use the breakdown lane on the highway why can't i just drive around the other side well and, and you know the, the same reason you wouldn't go left of center on a road it, my, my guess is, is my guess is is what when you're having a bus that's doing something like uh, has been described as they've got kids that are going to more than one school and they want to drop some off and go drop some more off that would be my guess i don't know that to be true but uh it would not surprise me if that's the case i mean they, they don't always do it just in the morning they do it in the afternoon so i mean they're doing it. most of the buses uh some of them come from lebanon wilmington green township um lakota's got a bunch of seventh graders this year um but most of these buses don't have a lot of kids in them except for Lagoda buses um so I don't know if these guys just want to get in and get out because that's what they are. I mean, I don't know if other schools have the same problem with bus drivers, but there's a shortage of getting qualified bus drivers. So, you know, they're going to have a problem anyway. Okay. I think that one's good. Anyone else wishing to speak? All right, moving on. Reading of communications. have several a number of them are emails um, the first one is an email from we thrive to Don Likens and it was asked to be read this evening uh, Don it has come to our attention that you have requested to be a guest speaker at the next council meeting to discuss projects on behalf of we thrive in our last meeting we agreed that you would gather information from the Parks Department about the availability of the field house for open court nights and any potential fees and rules that need to be adhered to. We did not discuss taking the matter to council and do not feel that it is appropriate at this time. Please do not speak on behalf of We Thrive at Council. Instead, please stick to the plan we discussed. Contact the Park de Parks Department regarding the information requested and report back to the team at the next meeting. Thank you, We Thrive leadership team. Uh, next one, email from Mark Zook. Zoik. Thank you. Regarding Dorian stop sign. I just read the letter left at my door. This has to be the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. The one stop sign that is at the location is more uh, than adequate for the traffic flow. Obviously, this issue is coming up due to the traffic issues in the morning and afternoon due to CCA. I live at 133 Siebenthaler, and I'm very much opposed to this action email from Maria Disbennett regarding the Dorian stop sign. Um, I'm not able to attend tonight's meeting in regard to the stop sign at the intersection of Dorian and Siebenthaler. As a resident who lives on Dorian, I do not feel a stop sign is going to limit anything with the school traffic. I know the letter mentioned it's mentioned is not warranted due to the volume of traffic, but for the reason of safety, which I get, but in all reality, with the amount of traffic from the school installing stop signs are just going to make the traffic worse. I know the school did a traffic study. Have they gotten those results and or have they shared them with you? If they haven't, I think once those are received, then we could collaborate on what would work best together. If a stop sign has to be put in, I would highly suggest to the school that a cop will be needed for the intersection of Hunt Robe and Siebenthaler to keep the flow of traffic moving. 
Unfortunately, there are many times that I pull off my street, Dorian, in the morning just to sit right after I turn due to many of the students' parents trying to turn left onto Hunt. This would cause less backups if a cop was able to stop traffic and let out 20 cars off Siebenthaler. I know you can't make or force the school to pay for a cop, but if they would ask for suggestions, this could help. Uh, this is a communication from retired Lieutenant Terry Zimmerman. Whomever is stating that there is an 833% increase in crime is misinformed and or incompetent. I personally oversaw and compiled statistics from 2011 to 2018. Three categories were tracked, violent crimes, personal crimes, and property crimes. There were minor fluctuations between years, but no anomalies were ever noted. I will gladly place my name and reputation out there for anyone who wishes to challenge this. Numerous police agencies in Hamilton County and Ohio were gravely affected by the failure of the records management system uh, that, uh, that agencies in numerous states had been using. Reading was one of many agencies. And then I did receive a email from Lisa Schoenberger also regarding the Dorian stop sign. I was planning to attend the council meeting this evening, but something has come up and I am unable to attend. I'd like to give feedback on the proposed stop sign to be placed at Dorian and Siebenthaler. In my opinion, stop signs will only create more issues with the school traffic on Siebenthaler Avenue. As a resident of Dorian Drive, I'm likely in the minority on this issue, but since the start of the school year or shortly thereafter, I have not experienced any long delay in exiting Dorian Drive. In fact, I've actually had vehicles approaching from the CCA area on more than one occasion stop to let me exit Dorian Drive to Siebenthaler Avenue, so I may be on my way. I would like to think it's because the traffic issues have been discussed at length with the current CCA families and staff. I'd prefer for the area to remain as is for the time being and revisit the issue if CCA stays for the long term as they have not made an offer to purchase the property at this point in time. I've heard that CCA will be leasing the old SPP school building on Vine Street for grades five through eight for next school year. If this is not correct information, my apologies are extended. While I love having a school occupy the former Olsh property, I do believe it's not feasible to have a K through 12 school in that area with only one entry and exit. I think the best thing they could do is have the lower grades at this property and look elsewhere for a permanent location for the higher grades. Thank you for listening to my concerns regarding the traffic issues, Lisa Schoenberger. And that's all I have. Make a motion, receive and file all the communications. Second. A motion to receive and file the communications to council made by Mr. Banner, second by Mr. Bronner. All in favor? Aye. 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 Opposed? Carries by voice vote. Executive session, there is none scheduled. Legislative session, reading of resolutions. Yes. Um, second reading, resolution accepting the amounts and rates as determined by the Budget Commission and authorizing the necessary tax levies and certifying them to the county auditor. Quick discussion. Discussion. Um, I would like to go ahead and make a motion to suspend the 
third reading on this. Um, as we discussed at our last meeting, it is due on October 25th. So I will make a motion to suspend the second. So suspend the rule requiring the third reading. Okay, so a motion by Mrs. Edichico to suspend a rule requiring the third reading with a second by Mr. Bronner. Uh, we'll need a roll call vote, please. Mr. Powell. Yes. Mr. Bronner. Yes. Mr. Bishop. Yes. Mr. Boehner. Yes. Mr. Tommen. Yes. Mrs. Kroger. Yes. Mrs. Edichico. Yes. Seven yes. The suspension carries. Motion to adopt. Second. So motion by Mrs. Edichico, second by Mrs. Kroger to adopt the resolution. Roll call, please. Mr. Powell. Yes. Mr. Bronner. Yes. Mr. Bishop. Yes. Mr. Boehner. Yes. Mr. Tommen. Yes. Mrs. Kroger. Yes. Mrs. Edichico. Yes. Seven yes. The ordinance is, or the resolution is adopted. Resolution number? 202336. With an R. R. Yes. Thank you. All right. Uh, resolution adoption of the 2023 Hamilton County Multi Hazard Mitigation Plan. I'd like to entertain some discussion on this one. Yes, some, discussion. Um, I, I just received this uh today and a link to the actual plan today and it's uh, a lot to digest um, unless I, I have not heard if there's some urgency to get this passed there is not okay then i i would propose that this just be a first reading yeah any other discussion any objections at leaving it as a first reading May I suggest reading very carefully? There's stuff in there that you may not be too fond of. For the most part, what I've gone over, it's it's fairly general. Uh, a couple points I do like about it are the training that they discussed providing, and that it's a, a living document. It'll be an ongoing procedure, uh, but it uh, definitely needs a thorough read through. Okay, moving on. Reading of ordinances. An ordinance authorizing the safety service director to purchase three portable radios for the fire department and declaring an emergency. And I can elaborate on the emergency if you'd like. Please do. It's actually written in the ordinance. <clears throat> Says this ordinance is hereby declared to be an emergency measure necessary for the replacement of aging unserviceable unserv equipment currently in use. This critical equipment is essential for the immediate preservation of public peace, health, and safety. The reason to act immediately is to assure reliable, effective, and safe emergency communications while engaging in firefighting, medical response, and or other forms of dangerous emergency operations. I'll make a motion we suspend the rules according to second, third reading. Second. Motion by Mr. Boehner, second by Mrs. Edichico. To suspend the rules requiring the second and third reading, roll call please. Mr. Powell. Yes. Mr. Bronner. Yes. Mr. Bishop. Yes. Mr. Boehner. Yes. Mr. Tommen. Yes. Mrs. Kroger. Yes. Mrs. Edichico. Yes. Rules are suspended. Move to adopt. Second. Second. Ooh, I'm going to give that one to Mrs. Kroger. Motion to adopt by Mr. Boehner. Second by Mrs. Kroger. <clears throat> Roll call, please. Mr. Powell. Yes. Mr. Bronner. Yes. Mr. Bishop. Yes. Mr. Boehner. Yes. Mr. Tommen. Yes. Mrs. Kroger. Yes. Mrs. Edichico. Yes. Seven yes. The ordinance carries. Ordinance number. 2023-37. That's it for legislation. 
on the miscellaneous business. Is there any miscellaneous? Yeah. Okay. I see um, this is just a reminder, my reminder that there is a health and public safety committee meeting tomorrow night here in council chambers at 630. I'd like to remind everybody that voting is ongoing. Uh, election day is in three weeks from today. Uh, make sure your voice is heard. And yeah, just a quick note, our next meeting is actually on election day and historically council, um, it's uh, a shorter meeting and we give shorter reports that night. If, uh, Three hours long, right? <laughs> <laughs> 10, 11. Mr. Bishop. Uh, I just want to report that uh, for our last meeting we had uh, 107, 107 live viewers on Vimeo. Um, we had uh, uh, 211 impressions. 1138 uh, people watched it on YouTube that's 1138 that's I need a bell that I can ring um, <laughs> and uh, uh, I think we only had a few people in the audience I didn't record that last last time but uh, 142 people watched it listened to the uh, the uh, the audio versions the podcast mr. Boehner. Uh it's leaf season again, so the city's out very diligently picking up the leaves. Uh, please don't rake your leaves out in the street. Come down here tonight, there's one uh, person raked all the leaves out in the street that clogs up the storm sewers, causes problems all winter long. Another person raked all their pine needles out in the street. They will not harm your grass because we'll get them picked up within a week. Uh, if they sit there for a month, they might harm your grass, but we're going to get them up pretty quick. So. Leave them in your yard. If you don't have a, a grass area, then leave it in your yard. Don't put it on the sidewalk. Please leave your sidewalks open. Um, but uh, our guys are out there trying to get the leaves picked up as much as possible. They picked up limbs. They're still pick up limbs from the last windstorm we've had. But uh, don't rake them out. In the, and this is every year we tell people the same thing. And we get new people in town, I guess, and they don't heed that warning. Uh, but they'll be the first ones to complain when the water starts backing up the storm sewer and backs up in their driveway. Uh, just a reminder, it's two weeks till Halloween. Please look out for the kiddos. If you're driving, go extra slow. Uh, look out for all of them if you're out and about. And, you know, go large with the candy this year. <laughs> we, can't em we can't emphasize that enough. Please be careful. It it's... And just a reminder that trick-or-treat is on Halloween from 6 to 8. I'll make a motion to adjourn. Second. Second. Motion to adjourn by Mr. Boehner. Second by Mrs. Kroger. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Opposed? We are adjourned. Everybody have a good night. Take care.